I asked our guest Zach Hyduke to pound the table for someone. Zach, who you pounded the table for? I am pounding the table for Tyler Lockett. Guys, he's going way too low. We do this every year, and every year he outperforms his ADP. What if I told you you can get the guy who is fifth in touchdowns over the last five years behind only Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, Mike Evans, and Travis Kelsey at wide receiver 33 price right now, okay? He always beats his ADP. He's perennially underdrafted. JSN is there now, yes. But he's going to replace the targets that would otherwise go to like Marquise Goodwin and some of the tight ends. He has a $20 million cap hit next year if they cut him. So he's going to be on the team no matter what. He's in the plans for Seattle. He's a lock for 20% plus target share and eight touchdowns since 2018. He's placed wide receiver 17, 13, 8, 15. And 13, I believe, last year as well. Tyler Lockett's a guy you should be drafting. No reason why he should be as low as he is, and I guarantee you he outperforms that barring injury. I love it. I love it. This podcast has long been a fan of Tyler Lockett, so I enjoy hearing that. You heard it here first. Go get you some Tyler Lockett. Now let's get to the show. Welcome everyone to the most accurate podcast. I am one of your hosts, Brandon Niles, which is my incredible co-host, the unparalleled Jen Akins. Jen, how's it going, buddy? It's going well. Can't complain. One day, one minute, one day, one hour closer to uh, off-season being over, and we can talk about other things other than ADP. And you know, I'm ready to get to some actual NFL stuff. Uh, but yeah, no, I'm good. I can't complain. I'm excited about the show. How are you? I'm doing good. We uh, had a nice little family vacation over to Central Oregon, enjoyed the mountains, had a nice time. So that's always good. I uh, had a good time. I can't complain. I'm doing good. Also, I'm psyched because today we're joined by Zach Hyduke. You can follow Zach on Twitter at Hyduke Zachary and also follow at 32 Beat Riders on Twitter. Stay up to date on all the training camp and preseason news around the NFL. Also, Zach has an excellent podcast called 32 Beat Beyond the Tweets, available wherever you can find podcasts, and it's well worth your time. Uh, some of the best beat writers out in the country right now pop on that podcast and talk about what's going on with the team. It's it's a great resource for information. I think any fantasy manager should definitely be listening to it. Zach, thank you so much for joining us. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on, guys. Yeah, the podcast has been great, and uh, it's good to be a guest here as well. Awesome. So 32 beat writers, for anyone not familiar, uh, basically recaps, follows, retweets, sifts through all the beat writers out there for all 32 NFL teams and provides a one-stop shop for information. It's a great Twitter account. Uh, it's run by a few fantastic people, including Zach. I, I have to ask you before we get going into training camp battle, Zach, how do you decide which beat writers to follow? How do you stay organized? And uh, like, how hard is it to book the right writers on 32 beat? Like, I got to know how this runs. Yeah, yeah. No, it's been a lot of fun. And so I'll just address the Twitter stuff first. Um, I, I have to give all the credit to the account to begin with for uh, all of that to uh, Max Dornan and Zach Ring. They're the guys who uh, brought me on about a year and a half ago or so uh, to help them out with some content and, uh, you know, with the, the Twitter and stuff. They have curated really good lists and things of beat writers for every single uh, team they obviously we follow the big guys and stuff too but it's uh it's been great we've gotten a lot of feedback even just this year from the beat writers and everybody else just thanking us for what we do we help them out they help us out it's been really good 
organization yeah i mean it is a lot to sort through it is a lot of work but those two guys especially i mean matt and i who uh matt is also part of the team works on our website and stuff does excellent work on that uh but uh it is a lot of work yes but they they do a great job um and then for the booking people on the podcast i mean zach and matt you know they know these guys really really well and uh so that's been helpful and we've gotten a lot of really great responses they know us from the fact that we you know give them a little bit of extra pub so uh it's been uh it's been a pretty good uh pretty good response uh, it's awesome it looks like so much work and i i appreciate you man i just appreciate you out there doing that kind of work <laughs> and uh because now i don't have to do it i just follow 32 beat riders and listen to your podcast i'm good to go <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And for anybody who doesn't want to get every single notification and just follow us for general summaries, I to plug ourselves a little bit here, we do have a Patreon page. Uh, you can check that out and we'll give you daily summaries from the previous day. Uh, and we do that all year round. So we also have that. Yeah, cut to me Googling this and uh, signing up immediately. This is fantastic. So uh, I want to do uh, a segment that we like. It's our best ball segment. It's called Veteran Best Ball. And Zach, I know that you also play underdog fantasy. I know that you're in those best ball draft rooms and uh, and whatnot. And you had a fantastic interview with Andy Herman talking about the young Packers offense recently on the 32 beat beyond the tweets. So everyone should listen to that. Uh, Green Bay seems like an offense ripe for best ball talent. Not so much in redraft for me. What are your favorite options on the Green Bay offense when you're looking at underdog best ball drafts? Yeah, I mean, if it was anybody else from the team on, they'd be telling you Luke Musgrave, but uh, they all know that I'm a tight end, a rookie tight end hater, so I'm probably not going to do that personally. But The stats would... back you up there, Zach. <laughs> yeah, I know, but uh, they won't listen to me, so whatever. But um, Christian Watson, I know it sounds probably like the obvious choice, but Christian Watson's the guy for me there. Uh, I just don't think rookie Jaden Reed gets on the field quite enough in two wide receiver sets. If you listen to the podcast, you kind of understand from Andy Herman why I believe that's the case uh, and why he believes that's the case. It's going to be mostly uh, Watson and Dobbs. So uh, in those sets, at least, uh, they're going to look to run the ball a lot in uh, two tight end. And they were second in the NFL last year in 12 personnel at 29%. And I just anticipate more of that if possible. Uh, so I just don't think it can be Jaden Reed for me. And with Christian Watson, I mean, we saw him go nuts last year and not that he's uh, going to be Randy Moss necessarily, but he has, he was not on the field a ton last year for a, a, a large percentage of the pass plays that they run. So the, uh, and, and with the injuries. So I just think there's a lot of potential there. ADP wise, I think he's right where he should be. So I'm not going to say he's an amazing value and like it's just crazy that he's fallen to where he's at. Uh, I think he's uh, maybe around 21 or somewhere there for a wide receiver. But if I was going to pick somebody from Green Bay, that's who I'd be going with. Yeah, yeah. You'll have to use uh, the 41st pick to get Christian Watson. So you definitely have to pay up a little bit. But there was definitely the talent out there. Uh, Dubs is down there at 118 at the wide receiver 55 spot on underdog right now. Jen, which uh, which targets in the Packers offense are you looking at specifically in best ball? Uh, I believe you know the answer to this because I haven't stopped talking about Romeo Dobbs for about four <laughs> months now. Uh, yeah, I will say, though, his ADP has climbed. He's not as cheap as he was like because I looked back at other articles that I'd written. And when I was writing them, he was, you know, he was like a 14th, 15th, 16th rounder. He's now a 10th rounder and underdog. He's still six rounds cheaper than Watson. And we don't know how the targets are going to go. So I think he's still the value and he's the guy I'm targeting there. 
Uh, but like I said, he's not as cheap as he was, which is kind of a bummer because you were able to get him super cheap. But I mean, he's right now he's still he's wide receiver 55 in the late 10th. Like, I don't know how you don't smash that, um, especially, you know, granted, it was one little preseason game, but he did have a nice connection with love uh, in the first game. So uh, for me, it's Dobbs. Getting a wide receiver two that late in the draft is definitely worth considering. And I, I'm i not capable of answering this question objectively. Luke Musgrave went to Oregon State University. Uh, I can't talk about a Beaver without just emphatically praising them. So uh, for me, Luke Musgrave, for completely Homer reasons. Otherwise, A.J. Dillon I like a lot more in best ball than I do in redraft. I think in redraft, he's a, a nice handcuff in case Aaron Jones goes down. I think he'll drive you nuts if you try to put him in a lineup. In best ball, I like that. I like grabbing A.J. Dillon as my RB3, RB4, and try to get take advantage of some of those touchdowns that he might get. All right, so now that we've done this, uh, Zach, thank you for bearing with me. Uh, I want to talk training camp battles. I want to start with the rookie wide receivers because uh, that's who we always want to look at is those rookies and what they're doing and if they're earning jobs. I want to start with the Chiefs because we don't know what's going to happen with the Chiefs wide receiver room. So I, I wanted to know, how's Rasheed Rice doing? What's the training camp buzz on Rasheed Rice? Yeah, I mean, it seems like every other day it depends on who's on the field, who's doing well. I, In general, I was a little apprehensive uh, about him coming in. Now, I'm not a draft, Nick, so uh, you know I'm not going to be able to give you his full draft profile or anything like that. But he's one of those guys uh, that went higher than a lot of people were expecting. And if you look at people like that historically, they just don't tend to trend well. And Tyquan Thornton would be a good example of that. You know, last year, he didn't do a lot in this first year. He was drafted higher than a lot of people thought he would be by the Patriots. I just kind of feel that same way about Kansas City in that situation there. There's Sky Moore, MVS, Tony, he's injured. But I'm just wondering if it's going to be a puddle of guys that you can't really rely on until there's a really dominant guy. So maybe that's Rice, but I, I haven't seen anything that's like, oh my goodness, Rice is going amazing and he's definitely the dude. And so that's kind of where I'm at on him. And I remember last year, Sky Moore blew up training camp. Everyone loved him. And then he kind of barely played as a rookie. So it, I, I wonder, even if we start to see really positive stuff from Rice, would that concern you? The fact that we have some history of rookie receivers blowing up in camp and doing nothing? Yeah, I mean, camp is one of those things where it's good to see the good things, but you're more looking for the bad, if that makes sense. Uh, everybody can get positive camp hype or not everybody can, but it's, it's easier to get positive hype than it is to get it, uh, the other way. And unless you're being really, really bad. So yeah, I think you always want to be guarded, but, uh, yeah, certainly with their history, Nicole Hardman, Sky Moore hasn't happened yet. So I'm just hesitant to say that's going to happen this time, third time around. This is the time of year where everyone's in the best shape of their lives and everyone's spending extra time with the quarterback. It's always fun. Jen, are you, uh, I know we've talked about the Kansas City wide receiver room a little bit. Have you revised how you're approaching that situation or is it still kind of Kelsey or bust for you? Uh, no, I'm I'm still in the same boat. And it's really not even Kelsey. Like I'm kind of, and it's crazy because with such a high potent offense, you'd think we'd want all the pieces, uh, but I, I can't really... I don't know. It's hard. We've talked about this before. I don't love my teams if I start Kelsey. So I kind of don't do that. Uh, and then, you know, I don't mind the running backs. I don't mind Pacheco. I don't mind McKinnon. But when it comes to the receivers, I just don't seem to. Uh, there's just someone else I want at that ADP when we're there. 
Yeah, I'm grabbing more a little bit in best ball. I'm grabbing Richie James in best ball because he's really cheap and he, you know, he's not a bad player, but you're right. Like it's just, it's, it's a mess and it's scary to go into that. Let's talk Giants. Giants is uh, the most crowded, crazy, stupid wide receiver room in the NFL right now. Uh, it's a bunch of slot receivers and Darius Slayton and Isaiah Hodgins. Uh, Jalen Hyatt is someone I have seen positive buzz coming out of training camp with somebody that uh, supposedly has a nice rapport with Daniel Jones. You're hearing all the normal things. Zach, should we be excited at all about Jalen Hyatt? Yeah, I mean, again, it's one of those things where he's an explosive player. In best ball, maybe you get some games, but I just, Daniel Jones doesn't throw for a lot of yardage. I think last year he averaged about 200 yards a game, and Darren Waller's in town. In my opinion, he's wide receiver one. We've seen so much in camp. They had to pull Darren Waller out of off the field to get Daniel Jones to throw to somebody else a, a week or so ago. So that's how much I think, and you're going to see that on every, every Sunday. So I just would question whether or not he can be any sort of consistent. Only three uh, top 20 wide receivers last year had quarterbacks who threw for under 250 yards a game. That's Terry McLaurin, Amari Cooper, and DJ Moore. And I just don't know that any Giants wide receiver is really talented enough to make that leap, especially with Waller eating into the targets that much. So Maybe eventually, I just, you know, I, I would wonder if he's going to be more than just a deep threat guy who catches a ball every couple games. That's a nice nugget there about the uh, the under 250 yards passing per game. That's an excellent little nugget there. Uh, Jen, the Giants wide receiver room, we've talked about that ad nauseum. I, I'm wondering any of those, uh, you know, veteran pieces like Sterling Shepard, do they catch your eye at all since they do have like that proven track record when they do play? Or is it still just a complete stay away for you? It's in best ball. I, I, yeah, I'll take Hodgins. I'll take Darius Slayton. I'm not opposed to that. I think in redraft, it's going to be one of those things that all these guys are going to be the pickup drop waiver wire, you know, from week to week. Some, you know, Darius Slayton's going to have a two touchdown game and everyone's going to pick him up. And then the next week it's going to be Hyatt and everyone's going to drop him and pick him up. And I think it's going to be kind of the carousel of giants receivers throughout the season. Uh, and I think they will, uh, you know, cause headaches basically for people. If you actually draft them and then want to plan on starting them, you're never going to pick the right week. Uh, so for me, I just feel like there's better options out there. Sure. Absolutely. And once again, my Oregon state fandom has Isaiah Hodgins on every rough. That's just how it's going. Uh, Jen, I love the comment there on Darren Waller. They had to pull him off the field to get Daniel Jones to stop throwing. That's a great nugget Zach. Does that make you higher on Darren Waller, Jen? Possibly. I mean, I've, I've been drafting Darren Waller when I can, I, I was anti coming into the season and then th or the off season. And then throughout the summer, I've come around just reading more and realizing that if he is healthy, he really is the best option. And the, you know, he's going to be the first, the first look every time. So uh, it depends. I mean, I think in best ball, he's, he is still kind of pricey. I think in, in redraft home leagues, people might have recency bias and he may fall and then he might be a great value. I'm not sure since I didn't know, I'm not sure what his ADP is right now on underdog, but uh, you know, he's probably, I would say uh, he's probably pretty affordable. I would think in redraft. I mean, looking right now, um, I have the Yahoo. Uh, he's tight end seven right now in Yahoo with a 60, 64 ADP. So he is still kind of pricey, but uh, you know, if it's one of those things, like if he really is going to be the guy and get those targets and he stays healthy, you could just, you know, wrap up tight end right there and not have to deal with it and not super overpay, but not, you know, stream and bottom basement shopping like the rest of us are going to do uh, at tight end.
<laughs> I know we used to always laugh that Darren Waller was still getting targets in the offseason. So maybe that'll <laughs> continue that uh, now that now that he's a giant. So uh, this next guy I want to talk to you about, Zach, is uh, Michael Wilson uh, came into the draft coming off an injured season. Uh, but he's got that prototypical X receiver size and he has a lot of uh, interesting skills to bring to the game. The Cardinals need somebody. Uh, anything you want to say about Michael Wilson? I, I've heard positive things in camp. Yeah, yeah. The size thing is definitely a big thing for me. Um, if you look at everybody else on the roster, they're like 5'9", 175. And, you know, between Dorch and uh, Hollywood and uh, Rondale Moore. So, it, and Rondale Moore, I think, is like 5'7". So, he really is. I think he's two, or 6'2", 230, somewhere around that, 220. And so he really is one of the only guys other than Zach Pascal who would qualify as that yeah, typical X receiver, as you mentioned. So um, Tyler Drake, who I interviewed a couple weeks ago, uh, came on the podcast to talk Arizona Cardinals, and he was really, really helpful in understanding that situation. So uh, he said, do not be surprised in a couple of weeks when Michael Wilson is lighting up. Uh, you know, you see stuff coming out of training camp videos of him, and that's exactly what happens. So. I think he could be a talented guy. The question for me would be, yeah, what's that uh, offense going to look like this year? And if it's Clayton Toon, who got some significant play in the uh, preseason game and I think has a legitimate chance to start even week one over Colt McCoy, you know, I just I'm I'm a little concerned about that. So maybe in the back half of the year, once uh, Kyler's back, I'm more interested, but uh, he can be a good rookie wide receiver, but not be that productive until then. So. I think I think what we're seeing makes sense, but yeah, that's that's where I'm at. He was a third rounder in rookie dynasty drafts, which is a pretty good it's pretty good value for a player who may come in as the wide receiver two on that roster or wide receiver one, depending on how you talk about Hollywood Brownie. But you got to think Hollywood's there. Uh, Jen, if Clayton Tooney is starting there, is are you more or less interested than Colt McCoy? <laughs> uh, yeah, same <laughs> same level of non interest. So if Kyler comes back midseason, though, then that makes all those targets more interesting, right? Possibly, but it's one of those things that th those are going to be waiver wire guys, right? I mean, you don't want to draft a guy in week one. that is. I mean, unless you have a super deep bench, but I'd rather have someone that has actually a shot of production from the get. Sure, that makes sense. I uh, I I don't know why I like this kid. He's he's one of the kids I really like. The other guy I really, really like is Jonathan Mingo. Uh, Zach, I, you had a great interview Um on the Carolina Panthers. I think it was two episodes ago. Uh, Jonathan Mingo, obviously he's got some guys in front of him on the roster, but he's another guy with that prototype X size. Uh, so I'm curious what your thoughts are on Mingo. Yeah. Well, just addressing the roster, um, he actually ended up being listed as a starter by the Panthers uh, on the first initial depth chart, which you always have to take those with a grain of salt. Um, and Sheena Quick, who we talked with, was definitely big on Terrace Marshall. We saw him carted off the field, which was probably, I mean, I haven't seen anything since then. That doesn't mean there's anything big happening with there. He could just be hitching a ride because he got a cramp or something like that. Um, but Mingo himself, I think this is one of the more ideal scenarios to come into insofar as like a rookie quarterback and a rookie wide receiver being paired together would be. They have a decently ranked offensive line if you're looking at sharp football analysis, and we talked about that on the show as well. Um, and yeah, he's already at least impressing enough in camp to be listed up on that uh, up on that depth chart. And from what we've seen, him and uh, Bryce Young have had a good connection. So if Bryce Young can be 
most or or all of what he was drafted to be at the first overall pick i mean you've got a good situation especially if you're looking at dynasty again you know when you're talking wide receivers that are rookies you know maybe you get something more out of the back half of the year but if there's a rookie wide receiver who can do it with a rookie quarterback i would definitely take mingo over somebody like tank dell on the texans with stroud now does that make you uh th- does that mean we should be worried about dj chark and adam thielen or one or both what do you think yeah, I mean, Thielen, in my opinion, I mean, he's just, I think, like from an dot perspective and, uh, you know, everything, he's just been ticking down every year. He's going to be helpful for the team in the NFL. He might even be the guy with the most amount of touchdowns. I mean, we've seen touchdown production from Thielen. Chark and Terrace Marshall, I think, are fighting for a similar role more than Mingo and Chark and Marshall are. So you might see a combination of like Thielen, Mingo, and and Marshall on the field. Now uh, you can listen to Matt Harmon on all those types of breakdowns. But yeah, I would. Uh, yeah, I I don't know. I, I I think yeah, I think Marshall and Chark are the guys fighting each other more than Mingo is. You didn't mention Lavisca. Well, yeah, <laughs> I'm well, kidding. He's going to be Devo Samuel, you know. So, <laughs> yeah. Jen, uh, I'm buying Bryce Young. I know that it's off season and they're saying all the things you usually hear but i don't know man the kid looks really good to me i know he's small i i i think we're looking at a fringe qb1 option this year I, uh, what do you think of this carolina offense with mingo and young i don't know about fringe qb1 situation <laughs> i think there's plenty of other quarterbacks i would rather draft uh but in best ball like if you're throwing a dart at the end absolutely he may have a couple good weeks i don't think he's going to be a consistent producer uh, but you know, listen, I've been wrong before, uh, but yeah, I'm okay with all those guys later and later on. I mean, and, and they're all cheap, so you don't really have to invest in much to get any of them. So, uh, and you know, in redraft, I might throw a dart at Mingo at the end, just because, uh, like Zach said, he may come on late in the season and help out your team down the stretch. And I like, you know, it's a, it's a good coaching staff there. I'm telling you, Jen, Bryce I know. Young. Listen, I know you've been talking about it all off season. You're I'm you're in you. on the Panthers. I'm more I'm more in than I've been. I I'm I'm more before I was like cautiously optimistic about Bryce Young, but I'm 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 drafting him. I'm I'm, I'm drafting him in some redraft right Good now. Good luck to you. That's that's what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> Especially ones where I don't I don't pay up on a quarterback. If I in those leagues where I take two, then Bryce Young is almost always one of them lately. So. Just interesting. All right, so let's go to running back rooms right now. Unless there's a receiver, Jen, did anyone you wanted to bring up that I didn't bring up? No, I mean, Zach brought up Tank Dell. I think it's amusing okay. that he's all of a sudden, like, because I, I wrote the ADP risers and followers, and he was in there, and uh, all of a sudden people are all about him. And meanwhile, C.J. Stroud had a horrible outing. So I don't know really what people are super psyched about uh, with that. But, yeah, I mean, I – I would have brought him up had had you know Zach not, but yeah, I'm not uh, not not he had the needle has not moved for him uh, for me after last weekend, but apparently it has for other people because he's his ADP jumped in the course of like two days. Yeah, he looked good, and uh, he, he's at least probably going to win that return job, which is excellent. So, all right, Zach, let's go to running back rooms. Uh, we've talked about this one a lot over the offseason, as has everybody. Uh, we saw a great game from Khalil Herbert and limited snaps. What do you think of that Chicago backfield? What are you hearing? Yeah, I mean, anytime you're dealing with a mobile quarterback, uh, the running back room is going to be interesting. Uh, so overall, I'm curious how much value we get out of that position just in general. Uh, you know, they've got three guys. We saw them uh, let Dave Montgomery go. And now, of course, you've got Deontay Foreman there. 
who was productive for the Panthers last year. I think he had like 953 yards and maybe six touchdowns or so. I forget. But um, and then with Herbert, he is a productive runner and we've seen him do well in limited snaps uh, or sorry, in limited uh, like portions where he has gotten 20 plus carries rather in the past few seasons. But I had Zach Pearson on the podcast, who's Chicago beat writer, and um, he said he shouldn't, he wouldn't be surprised if Roshan Johnson took over that backfield by like week eight. He wasn't necessarily making a prediction, but the biggest knock on Khalil Herbert has been that he is not a good third down pass protector. And from everything I've been seeing in camp, that has stayed true. And Roshan has done well enough that uh, even today, I think he got snaps with the first team in 11 on 11. I believe he got. Uh, a significant snap or two in the preseason game. So I would just be, in my opinion, it almost doesn't matter how good of a runner Khalil Herbert is. Uh, he might always have a role there, and maybe he is technically the one-two guy uh, on first down, but I just don't see a scenario where Roshan is you know, kept off the field. He's a fourth-round pick, uh, which isn't a lot, but isn't a little for a running back. So... I think Damian Pierce last year was also a fourth round pick. And I just, yeah, if Roshan Johnson can pass block, I think that gets him on the field. And pass blocking is always a, an interesting indicator of snaps that fantasy managers tend to forget to look at sometimes. It's going to be interesting to see how that shakes out. Uh, Jen, did you see the big catch and run from Khalil Herbert over the weekend? Um, I did not see it live, but I did see it. I did check it out because I saw uh, I saw people talking about it. Yeah, ran down the yeah. sideline. It was good stuff. Big I, mean, I know, I know Herbert, you're a big DJ Herbert. Moore. I'm, I'm sorry. Excited. Big, big plays from DJ Moore too. Yeah. Like I'm just, that offense. I'm, I, I want it to be good. I'm rooting for that offense. Um, I'm indifferent on the offense in general, but from a, fan, <laughs> from a fantasy perspective, uh, yeah. I mean, it would be nice for DJ Moore. Well, honestly, it would be nice for DJ Moore to just have a good a good season. Uh, and, yeah, he's been relatively undervalued. I mean, I assume his ADP is probably going to rise a bit uh, over the next couple weeks after that one play. Uh, but, you know, I'm excited about it. I mean, the running back situation, I have to say, I, I don't know. I've been kind of – I've been avoiding for the most part – uh, that room. I think, you know, like Zach said, I think Roshan Johnson, one of those things, you know, with all rookie running backs, right. They all come on at the end. So if you're drafting him, you know, you're not starting him right away. You're going to, you're going to hang on to him and then use him later. Okay. Excellent. Uh, Jordan Heckler asked, what players do we think will drop because they're currently undervalued? Uh, Khalil Herbert. We were just talking about Khalil Herbert. I think, I, I think he's dropped a lot. Uh, he might rise a little bit after the weekend, but I think people continue to love Roshan Johnson. So Herbert and Deontay Foreman, you can get really cheap, and if they don't pan out, it's really no uh, no sweat off your brow. So, uh, Zach, I want to go to the Buffalo running game. Um, we got Damian Harris there. Uh, we got Cook, uh, Jen's dog, uh, James Cook there. Uh, what kind of role can we expect from Damian Harris, do you think? Yeah, you know, I actually traded for him super cheap in a dynasty league maybe three or four weeks ago um, because, you know, he, I think, was brought in to be a guy that would probably take more first and second down work than people would like for James Cook. I've never personally been a James Cook believer just due to the size. I know I'm crazy, but uh, now, though, interestingly enough, I think the significant thing is Latavius Murray. Uh, Harris, I think, has been dealing with a little bit of an injury, which has given time for Latavius Murray to come back in. He's been a reliable veteran on several different teams now over the past couple of years. So I'm 
also similar to Chicago, wondering even though if this is going to be a high-powered offense, if I'm just kind of like, eh, I don't know if I want any of these guys. That I mean, obviously Harris and Murray, and I don't even know if Murray's going drafted right now, but uh, super cheap. But I think one of those two guys is going to matter more than people who own James Cook are going to want. Jen, are you uh, interested in any Damian Harris? And are you still buying James Cook? I know you've been acquiring James Cook for like four years now, even though he's only in his second season. I've been acquiring James Cook for like eight years now. <laughs> um, I, you know, I, I, I will say I, I, I'll take some Damian Harris. I think I actually, in our little perfect draft series, I think I ended up, did I take him? I don't know. I feel like I took him recently. He might've just been an underdog, but I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to take him. But I love James Cook. It's a complete homer in me, in me but uh, I do believe. I don't care if he's small. Uh, I do believe. And, you know, he showed us last year what he can do uh, at times when they let him. So uh, I'm down with that. I hope that – I will say Latavius Murray does worry me a little bit because he just always does that wherever he goes, and it's super annoying. <laughs> um, so, you know, they may end up giving him goal line work and, and taking it away from Cook, which I hope not. Um, Cook is not – that expensive yet though so i feel like you can kind of you know it's not like you're getting an rb1 you know you're not paying rb1 prices for james cook so if you know going in that he's going to give you rb2 you know production then draft away at least i still am especially ppr i would think uh, yeah. zach we've got a question from, from paul vo asking what to do with trey lance in dynasty leagues uh sounds like you're a dynasty <laughs> player i am as well what are you doing with trey lance give up so <laughs> I know that says he was not good in the preseason game. His touchdown was an accident. That should have been a pick. That's not going to count for him. I was a Trey Lance. This one hurts, man. I was a Trey Lance believer when he came out. I drafted him on the team that I most care about in Dynasty, and I sold him along with somebody else for a package this year. And I just – I was happy to get him off my roster. It, it stinks. It doesn't feel right, but that's just the way it is. It's going to be Brock Purdy, and that's the way it is. Yeah, it's, I, I wish I had a, a more optimistic viewpoint for you, Paul, but I agree with Zach 100% on this one. I think that uh, the Trey Lance era, at least in San Francisco, is over. Maybe he gets another chance somewhere, but I, I would not expect it. So uh, that's why I'm, I also have to unload Zach Wilson, unfortunately. He's been uh, sitting on my roster in one of my leagues for two years. Uh, let's talk about the Dallas Cowboys. Zach, I honestly just want to talk about Deuce Vaughn. That's really all I want to talk about. So uh, did you watch the Deuce Vaughn highlights? And can we be excited at all about Deuce Vaughn? Or is it just preseason nonsense? Well, if you believe Twitter right now, I think it's divided in half. Uh, but a lot of people are really excited about him. And again, this is where I deviate from the other guys who uh, are on uh, the 32B writers team. I don't like it. I just, I don't see it. It just doesn't happen with guys who, I mean, he, we talked about James Cook. He's even lighter than James Cook. Uh, I think he weighed in at like 179 in the combine, but he didn't run the 40 or the three cone. So we know that's not his playing weight, uh, at least in my opinion. Anyways, it's just, I mean, when you see a profile view on the field of him, like behind the line, I get like, I just, I think it's funny that the argument is, well, he hides behind the offensive lineman, so the defense doesn't know where he is. Like, that just doesn't feel like a, a guy that I want to believe in there. Yes, he's fast, but he's not going to hold up if he gets – he's never going to get a ton of carries or a ton of targets. He's not always going to be in there. I know that we've seen some pass-blocking snaps. Again, going back to the pass-blocking, it's super important that a guy can pass-block. And you're not going to replace Ezekiel Elliott's pass blocking ability with uh, Deuce Bond. It's just not going to happen, even if he's chop blocking guys or whatever. 
I want to see this happen in a real game where, you know, Javon Hargrave or somebody like that is coming down and he has to be in his way. I just don't think it's going to happen. So five touches a game, maybe it, it would be my projection. So that's where I'm at, but I know I'm a hater. Boo, Zach. Boo. Yeah. You're 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 at, you're absolutely right. I just I just want this to to happen. It's uh people are making the Maurice Jones Drew comparisons, but Maurice Jones Drew had legs like Sequoias. Like it's it's very different. He what was, about uh, Philip Lindsay? Can we talk about Philip Lindsay? He had like two thousand yard seasons in a row, and he's teeny. Yeah, he's yeah. not as small as Deuce Vaughn. <laughs> he's not. Deuce Vaughn's like five five. He's like five five, five, five. bucks. And Philip Lindsay, I think, was like there was he was he that small okay i think right. deuce vaughn was historically the shortest person to ever measure I'm gonna at the combine. Right now. so yeah <laughs> which i can let uh jen do that but yeah I'm googling. Just... but i am excited about deuce vaughn He's oh he was watch. okay he was, he was five eight i'm wrong okay I, I want Deuce Vaughn to pan out, but I, I do think you're right. It's just exciting. I do think it's going to be interesting because Kevontae Turpin is their return specialist and he's a good returner. So uh, I think it's possible that Deuce Vaughn could win that job, which uh, would push Turpin off the roster and allow them to have a little deeper uh, wide receiver room than what they're expecting instead of using just uh, a return specialist at receiver. So we'll see what happens there. But uh, I, I just go check out the uh, Josh Gillum says Deuce Vaughn is the spud web of the NFL. I hope so. I hope that's what happens. I hope we get a great Deuce Vaughn career. Uh, but if you haven't checked out his highlights, they're fun to watch. Go and check those out. Uh, let's talk about the Raiders. Uh, Josh Jacobs still holding out right now. Uh, Zach, if if this holdout lasts and goes uh, you know, really late, what should we be doing with the Raiders backfield? Uh, probably not drafting them either. I know I'm just sounding super negative right now, but <laughs> I, the longer this situation goes on, the more it makes me uncomfortable. I was really of the opinion, and I still do believe it, that these running backs just don't have any leverage at all. It's just unfortunate under the current CBA. That's the way it is. And J.K. Dobbins, we saw return quietly to practice today, and we also saw Jonathan Taylor. Now, they, I think the quote about Jonathan Taylor was that he still maintains his stance on you know needing to get paid, but I just don't think it's going to happen. But I have not heard anything about uh, Josh Jacobs, and I guess that's not surprising. But I guess I'm I, I, the longer it goes on, the more I'm worried. But I don't really love anybody behind him in that backfield, especially because Jacobs is one of the drivers of that offense. And if he's not there, it's basically just Adams, and you got to hope that Jimmy G is good. So you got to hope. You got to hope. Uh, in your defense. Uh, you said you're bringing the negativity here. I am. We are talking about training camp battles, and there is that old adage of if you've got a battle, you don't have a solution. So I, I, I think there's uh, there's some fairness to what you're saying here. Uh, Jen, are you buying Zamir White? Uh, you're, you're Georgia. Bulldog. I mean, come on. Of course, <laughs> I'm I'm buying Zeus White. No, I mean, listen, I'm not buying it. He's not a Josh Jacobs replacement. I mean, I'm realistic. I'm a homer, but come on. I'm aware that he's not a replacement completely. But for his price, absolutely. I mean, he's dirt cheap. Amir Abdullah is dirt cheap as well, and he'll probably get the passing work. I mean, he's not great, right? I mean, I'm probably not in redraft. I should I should clarify. But if you're if you're throwing a stab in the 18th round, why not grab you know one of those guys? Because if Josh Jacobs does hold out, somebody is going to run the ball. It's not going to be like I said. It's not a direct replacement, and they're not going to get as much volume as Jacobs would get. But you know, I watched Zamir White run in college, and I like him. So I, I'm, I'm all about it. Why not? 
I, uh, I, it's exciting. It's interesting to see what the Raiders do. Uh, I always worry about these holdouts with Josh Jacobs. The longer this goes, the more I'm going to be worried that he's going to come out and pull a hammy in week one well, of and, course, yeah. and miss six weeks. So I'm, I'm kind of staying, I'm with Zach. I'm staying completely away from the Raiders backfield and really from the Raiders. Cause I'm not really paying for Adams at cost. So I'm kind of staying away from the Raiders all in all. Uh, let's shift to the Miami Dolphins real quick. Zach, you've got three running backs there. The two uh, holdovers that came back on one-year deals, Jeff Wilson and Raheem Mostert. And then, of course, uh, Devonna Chain, uh, the the rookie speedster who uh, had a pretty nice preseason debut. What are you thinking about the Miami back, backfield? Yeah, I mean, again, a chain a little bit smaller of a back. Uh, so I'm immediately not going to be as in on him <laughs> as some other people would be. But uh, he's going around, uh, I think, uh, running back 38. So like Samaj P. Ryan, Jarek McKinnon, Khalil Herbert that we mentioned, uh, Brian Robinson, who we might talk about here in a bit. So, I mean, I don't think his price is egregious. I just think that, again, he's not going to get a totally full workload there and Wilson and or Mostert are going to just be above him in that rotation at least for this year so yeah I again I don't hate it I just also don't love it and I, I I'm not as on in on the hype train there yeah a chain looks to me kind of like what you're saying he looks like a nice weapon and not necessarily a really good fantasy option I feel like you know six to eight touches kind of thing that just feels like him but uh, we'll see. I'm rooting for him as a Dolphins fan with the hat and everything like that. But uh, Jen, Raheem Mostert's really cheap. Jeff Wilson's really cheap. Are you, I, I'm buying both of them. I, I, I'm, I'm not drafting both of them on the same team, but as I diversify my lineups, my running back five is usually one of those two. Yeah, I don't know how you can at this point, especially now that Cook has signed elsewhere or is expected to sign elsewhere. I feel like now that that's, you know, you've got those three guys and as we've talked about ad nauseum on this podcast all offseason, I mean, both Wilson and Mostert, uh, they're both injury concerns. So one of them is going to go down, if not both. So grabbing them, yeah, like they're super cheap. So, uh, yeah, and yes, basically yes to both. Yeah, um, let's see here. So, uh, Zach, let's go to the Washington Commanders situation. Uh, Antonio Gibson looks in line to take over some passing down work has obviously uh, had an inconsistent role since Brian Robinson arrived last year. Brian Robinson is still there. Both of them are kind of available late. Uh, how do you see that backfield shaking out? Yeah, I've been talking to, I live in Southern Pennsylvania, so I've been talking to my commanders fans, friends about this. And um, if you extrapolate it, which is always dangerous, but he was on Brian Robinson, that is was on pace for 1500 yards, which I don't think is necessarily going to happen. But in the last four weeks, you know, he was recovering from a gunshot wound. Uh, it was kind of crazy that he was able to get on the field as early as he did. So I don't know. I don't think Brian Robinson is electric. That team is going to be a little weird this year. I have wanted Antonio Gibson to be the thing uh, for the last several years, and it's just been uh, miserable. <laughs> so I've been holding on to him desperately in Dynasty. So I hope he does something good this year. You, you mentioned it. Uh, we don't have J.D. McKissick there now, and we do have uh, the new offensive coordinator and Eric Bieniemy. So, I mean, there's definitely a chance. Um but I would assume that Brian Robinson is probably the guy that Ron Rivera is going to want to go with for most first and second down work. And so if you're looking for somebody who's going to be the most reliable, I think it'd be Robinson. Have you heard anything on whether or not Gibson's going to keep that kick return job? Cause that seems weird to me. 
Oh my goodness. I don't know. It felt like they were punishing him last year. We've, we've seen some quotes <laughs> uh, recently from Gibson saying like, I just want to do whatever I can or like wanting to be in more of the receiving game. And I, I get wanting him to be more in the receiving game, but I, he's mentioned like wide receivers or, you know, things like that. I don't want him to be competing with Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson. Like that's a no go for me. I don't want him to be in a wide receiver lineup. So I don't know. Special teams. We'll see. It's, it's weird. Washington is in an interesting spot with new ownership. And I think Ron Rivera is going to be fighting for his job. So I would hope he doesn't do anything out of spite. And I, he doesn't seem like that type of guy, <laughs> but I have no idea. I have no idea. Beatty seems like that kind of guy. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe there's been some friction there. There's been some yeah. weird stuff happening. So, yeah. Jed, uh, you still in on Gibson? That's been uh, kind of something we've talked about a lot this offseason. And you wrote a great profile on Antonio Gibson earlier this. Thank off-season. you. Yeah, I am still in on on Gibson, and he's still relatively inexpensive for you know his potential upgrade with the enemy there. I, I'm in on both actually. I think Robinson will be fine. I think a lot of people kind of have that. Uh, you know, recency bias against Washington over the last few years and just assume they're going to suck. And they're likely not. I mean, we've talked about Dotson a lot. I'm, I'm all about him too. So uh, I have no problem drafting either one of those uh, running backs. Excellent. And Terry McCorn, we're going to get to, yeah. uh, uh, let's do this. So uh, Sam Howell, let's talk about Sam Howell a little bit, Zach. Um, Jacoby Brissett is there. Uh, all the traction seems to be going in Sam Howell's favor. Uh, he's got great weapons to work with. Is, is this Howell's job? Yeah, I we've seen again some interesting quotes coming out of there. Again, we have new ownership. It's we all I think assumed that Sam Howell would be the starter and if I had to bet on one to start the season it would definitely be Sam Howell. Uh but we heard a quote from Ron Rivera saying like don't sleep on Jacoby and that just kind of let off a whole litany of things. I just I again, Ron Rivera is going to be coaching for his job, in my opinion. Even if they have a moderately successful season, there's a very good chance he's not going to be there next year. So he's going to do everything he can, and there might be some desperation in there. So Jacoby Brissett, I would assume, starts some games this year. I think you have to. I was trying to handicap it a little bit with some of my Washington friends, and I just, I don't know. If you're looking at their schedule, it's not the the hardest, but they do have some individual games over the first eight weeks. If he gets through week eight, I wouldn't be surprised if he makes it through the rest of the season or close to it, but I could also see a scenario where each of them start eight games and you get Jacoby, which in my personal opinion, that's what I'm hoping for. I would pers- I would prefer that uh, we see less Sam Howell because uh, I think last year Amari Cooper with Jacoby Brissett had like five top 12 games with him before Watson came in for the Browns. So if we can get that, we know Terry McLaurin is a good wide receiver. And we know that we we believe that about Jahan Dotson too. So I'm hoping for Brissett as early as possible, in my personal personal opinion. And it's possible Brissett or Howell would be the best quarterback McLaurin's played with in Washington. So it, oh it's goodness. very very interesting. Like uh, Jen, does it matter to you which quarterback wins and how? Because Zach made a really good point there about Brissett having a proven track record, uh, providing a fantasy wide receiver. If Brissett wins that job or if Howell wins that job, does that change the way you look at Dotson and McLaurin? Probably not, but of course, after Zach just threw out that stat, maybe it will uh, it will change <laughs> my mind. But I will say, I drafted, I actually drafted some Brissett earlier this off season in some Superflex underdog. I definitely took him at the end. Uh, I, I have Sam Howell in some leagues, uh, including the Scott Fishbowl. So I would really like for Howell to play the majority of the time, especially. I'd love to get that uh, that rushing upside that. 
Brissett doesn't necessarily offer the same. So that part of it, like from a Sam Howell perspective, I'd rather have him so that we can get some rushing upside from that QB spot. But if Brissett's there, we know that uh, those guys are going to be all right too. Excellent. Excellent. Also, uh, Jordan said that Jen is the next Cynthia Freeland. Uh, thank you for that, Jordan. Uh, don't say that, though, because I don't want anyone to come and poach Jen. Jen needs to stay at 4 for 4, continue editing and being my podcast partner. So I am not your editor anymore, Brandon. <laughs> That's right. You're Remember not. That. That's right. I've got no. I've got uh, other editors now, but uh, but I need Jen to be my podcast partner. So uh, so shush. Uh, let's go to another quarterback situation. I want to talk about the New England quarterback situation. It's another one just like uh, Deuce Vaughn. I just really had fun watching Malik Cunningham take snaps in the preseason. I know it was at the end of the game, so all the usual caveats. But, you know, Mac Jones, Bailey Zappi, it's not exactly Tom Brady back there. So, like, could could should we get excited at all about Malik Cunningham, Zach? Uh, in short, no, and I'll tell you why, uh, but I don't think there's a quarterback competition in New England. We've seen, I mean, Mac Jones didn't play. He, they didn't even, uh, you know, consider playing him at the beginning of the game there. So I think he's locked and loaded as the starter. We've seen throughout the offseason that it's not really been any sort of real competition between Zappy. Mac has gotten the vast majority of the first team reps that matter and things like that. So I don't really think there is. And then considering Malik Cunningham, if there is a quarterback controversy, uh, I think it's between the backup roles at best for Cunningham. Now, yeah, he did have some awesome things, but it should be noted that I think today was his first 11 on 11 uh snaps as a quarterback and he had like two pass attempts and one completion the guy i think maybe has thrown three or four passes in camp maybe that's a little low but i, I wouldn't be surprised if you could count them on both hands uh if not one and he was working out as a wide receiver for them earlier in the offseason so i don't think he's maybe he's a sub package guy prior to this week i would have said he's lucky to make the roster so now he's shown enough that he probably needs to be on the roster if the Patriots expect to keep him because somebody might want him. And I don't know that he's going to fall through to get to the practice squad. So from Zach Cox, and I'll, I'll leave with this, but uh, Malik Cunningham's, this is what uh, Zach Cox, uh, beat writer for the Patriots said earlier, uh, Malik Cunningham's QB reps yesterday were notable. Uh, for their limit or for their timing and the personnel around him. He's talking about in camp. No doubt about that. But he only took five and didn't attempt to pass. Mac Jones took 20. Bailey Zappi, 18. It's an important context. So I'm kind of, that's where I'm at with that. That makes sense. So maybe uh, maybe more Taysom Hill and less Lamar Jackson, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if you're lucky. If you're lucky. Yeah, absolutely. That makes perfect sense. Uh, I'm going to skip. Uh, no, no, no. I'm going to go to the Buccaneers. I, I, I was going to skip the Buccaneers, but... You know, we've got a full-on quarterback controversy between Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask. Uh, the stuff I've seen is that, like, neither one is really wowing anyone. Uh, Zach, what's your read on that situation, and how is it affecting how you're approaching the weapons in Tampa? Yeah, I mean, the the receivers are good. The running back is a little bit of a question mark there. I just, I don't know. Yeah, the, the, the fact that Baker Mayfield, the first overall pick, can't separate himself from Kyle Trask, who's somewhat limited athletically and then also you know not a super high draft capital there himself it does scare it scares the daylights out of me if i want somebody to be there i don't know who it'd be i know that baker mayfield can chuck the ball down the field or is more willing to do it but he's had a lot of interceptions in camp which i don't think is endearing to the coaching staff so obviously their camp interceptions and those things happen but man i 
I think it's going to be hard not to be disappointed if you draft one of these guys. Uh, Godwin, we know him and Evans are good. I just, it wouldn't surprise me if Mike Evans has his first non 1000 yard season at all. That said, they're super talented. And if it's Baker and I have to bet on one, I guess I'm taking Mike Evans, but I, I just don't love it. Yeah, I think he has his for his uh, his thousand yard season. I just think it's probably in Baltimore somewhere. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I do think that if that team starts out terrible, though, you'll start hearing Mike Evans trade deadline rumblings. Uh, Jen, are you uh, are you as cautious as the ADP warrants and uh, on those Tampa Bay offense or uh, offensive weapons based on what the quarterback situation looks like? I am. I'm not really drafting many. I know you and I have talked about. I've taken Kate Otten super late in, in best ball drafts just because he may have a couple blow up games, but no Evans and Godwin are just, they're tough to draft and it stinks because they're both super talented, but I will say this for Baker. So after throwing nine interceptions in 12 practices, he uh, did not throw a pick in the preseason game. He went, he, he went eight of nine at, for 63 yards and a touchdown. So he actually had a decent outing after having a horrible training camp. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, he's not draftable in redraft either, obviously. Uh, but I do think, I think he, sh- I mean, like, like Zach said, if he can't beat out Kyle Trask, then <laughs> there's issues there. Uh, but yeah, I'm not, I'm not loving any of the, any of the pass catchers. Rashad White, I mean, if they don't bring somebody else in, he's, he's serviceable, you know, as an RB two slash three, I would think. And he's pretty cheap. Yeah. But like Zeke I, signing in New England, I'm, I'm. I'm excited about white. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't understand why unless they bring back Lenny. I, I don't know why they haven't brought somebody else in there. I, it's it seems kind of strange, but at the same time, yeah, I mean fire them up if they don't if they don't buy, you know bring someone else in and like I said earlier, I'm not opposed to Kate Otten just cuz he may end up kind of being the safety valve and might end up being decent at a position that is just gross as we all know. So in uh in in you know PPR leagues, Rashad White, he doesn't have to do too much to be like a fringe RB2. Yeah. He's being drafted pretty late. So I'm I kind of like that. All right, let's uh one more team I want to talk about the quarterback situation. Zach, uh Gardner Minshew was brought in for the Indiana Indianapolis Colts, and then of course they spent the fourth overall pick on Anthony Richardson. Uh early read for you on who's gonna start week one over there. It seems like Richardson to me, just based on the uh, quotes that we've heard from Ursay and the rest of the offensive guys there. So that's my assumption. If it's not week one, it's really soon after. He just It makes sense to get this guy some reps, in my personal opinion. I think he only started 13 games in college. And so unless you want to pull a Trey Lance and sit this guy and never see what he has to offer outside of two games when he gets injured, then I think they'd be starting him. Okay. Uh, I really like Michael Pittman this year, but I'm worried if it's Anthony Richardson from the get-go because I kind of thought Pittman would be better with Minshew. Jen, what are your thoughts on the weapons there if it's Richardson? It's tough, but Pittman is cheap enough after a couple years of not being. So he is cheap, and Alec Pierce and and Downs are extremely cheap as well. And as you know, Jelani Woods, I, I have no problem making him too super late. So... It's one of those things that I think with Minshew, they're a little more appealing, at least from the start, but uh, they're all so inexpensive that you might as well kind of spread them around your portfolio. Excellent. Excellent. All right. So uh, that's all I wanted to talk about. Zach, is there anybody I missed that you think is catching headlines that really needs to be brought up? 
Zay Flowers, I think, would be the name that immediately jumps to, to my noggin there. And I think the 32-beat writers team as a whole is relatively in on him. Uh, obviously, you have JSN, uh, but he's split in time, and I, I have to be in on Tyler Lockett, so I can't be quite as in on JSN. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, Zay Flowers, everything that's coming out of camp has been positive for the most part. Now, granted, Bateman only just recently got on the field, and of course, I think Odell Beckham was a little bit limited there for a while as well. But I would not be surprised at all if he's wide receiver one fairly early on unless uh Beckham gets back to you know what he should be you're going to get a lot more pass attempts this year in my personal opinion and I mean just based on the offensive coordinator there I've been told that they're snapping the ball in practice with 20 seconds left on the clock so they're gonna run a lot of plays they're gonna run a lot of passing plays so I'm that's that's where I'm at and he's been he's been getting a lot of publicity 20 seconds on the clock I I like this this is this is this is what we've been wanting from Baltimore for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. And 20 seconds is a bit aggressive, but Hey, that's what I've heard. So yeah, let's, let's do it. I'm here for that. All right. Well, thank you so much, Zach, for joining us. Listeners should check out Zach on the 32 beat podcast. Keep up with him on Twitter at high Duke Zachary and at 32 beat writer. Zach, any final thoughts or plugs before we go? No, I just appreciate you having me on. And yeah, if you guys want the most up-to-date, frequent news and information, our Twitter account is the place to get it. I promise you, you're going to get more and specific information than you can get anywhere else. And those summaries, like I said, are available on our Patreon if you don't want to have to uh, deal with either notifications or if you don't want to have to go back through our Twitter feed. That is a great place to get it. We link back to all the tweets, all the videos directly to the beat writers themselves to make sure they get the credit and, uh, and you can see all the content that they have as well. Those summaries worth their weight in gold. Thank you so much. Uh, and Jen, thank you. Always a pleasure. Any final thoughts or pugs before we go? No, I'm good. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> uh, we've got I'm a perfect good. draft uh, article series going on at 4 for 4 right now. So check all those out. We have a, a variety of writers, including Jen and myself, uh, publishing content regularly out there. So lots of stuff to, lots of stuff on the site in August to check out. There is actually, I'm sorry. I do have one more thing to say. If you are sorry, you just reminded me. If you are not a subscriber to the four for four site, uh, you can use my coupon right now. Gen 10 for 10% off any package from, from classic all the way up to betting. Excellent. Go and check that out. Subscribe now. Use Gen 10. Uh, listeners, don't forget to su subscribe to this podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Jen NFL and at you guys, Brandon. Thanks for checking us out. Have a good day.